Are you ready to begin? No, I'm ready to begin. No, <laughs> you're not. Well, too ready bad. to we begin. begin. We begin. Hello and welcome to Basic Ninjas. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Hello to Blotka Chats. I'm Yelton. <laughs> Natasha, what? <laughs> and today we are talking about what we always talk about, and that is latkes. <laughs> and today we're talking about chapter 8 of Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince. <laughs> the Deathly Hollows. The Wedding. <laughs> On Patreon this week, we have what I think is one of our funniest exclusives that we have ever done. Tara was inspired by something that she found in her Harry Potter collection, and I think we'll probably use this in future exclusives too, but it was just so fun and it turned out so good. In order to see that, you have to go to patreon.com slash basic snitches. If you're not a patron already, you can sign up for $5 a month. And this is also the segment where we acknowledge all of our patrons, and those folks are Ashley, Brian, Brittany, Jen, Mary Beth, Megan, Olivia, Nisi, and Nicole. Thank you guys, as always, for your support. Hey, so you sent me a thing. First, I want to talk about... Like, we, we want, who won? Oh, that was, that was who my... Who you won? That who was you won my, and who you lost, bitch. That was my transition. You ruined it. <laughs> Get ready, ladies <laughs> and gentlemen. Yeah, so there was winner and loser last chapter. You won guess. The loser was Bill Nye the Science Guy. Yeah, sorry, dude. And the winner was Harry because it's his birthday. Harry is one of the winners. I get the win to the trio. Oh, because they all got presents. They got prezzies. Prezzies. And they also, we're like, adults have literally fucked everyone over. The whole series, we just were waiting for this type of moment to happen. Not taking shit no more. No. I fucking love it. They absolutely get that win. Um, and yeah, sorry, Scrim Gower, you lose. Yeah, you're a dick, but you're going to die soon, so it's okay. Okay. Adam sent me a thing. I did, indeed. Um, it's not long like the last one. The last one I wrote. I know. This one is, this one, <laughs> the one that I have this today is, is not very long. Words are hard. Adam and I literally gave up on speaking properly already today. Yeah, earlier I was like, I need to get my tongue under control. And Tara loved that. It was like, I need to get my tongue in order. And I was like, all right, well, we're going to be doing a podcast. So here we go. Whoa thing. Whoa thing. Whoa thing. Whoa thing. Chapter eight, the wedding. It's time for matrimonies, y'all. Harry is polyjuiced as Barney. I don't know why I'm making this accent, but I'm going to now. What is it? <laughs> no, I just started doing some weird southern accent. Give me the accent again? I, I didn't even I notice lost it. it. It was very subtle. I'm a subtle person. <laughs> okay. So <laughs> when and where and who and why and how? And he and Ron helped to usher in many of the wedding guests, including Hagrid, Lupin, and Tonks. Luna and her father, who we'll refer to as Twitter, a.k.a. X, who was just as wacky as his daughter, beloved by one and all, Victor Crumb, and least importantly, Aunt fucking Muriel, who was just the joy of joys. Wedding is cute. Following the wedding, though, comes the good shit, you know. What I'm talking about. Eavesdropping. Well, sort of. Barney doesn't really need to use much stealthiness. First, most notably, Victor does not have a great first impression of Twitter because of the logo on his shirt being Grindelwald's symbol. A symbol that Dumble's ex etched into a wall at Durmstrang, giving all of us more of a desire for the Durmstrang spinoff. Also, Barney remembers who Grigorovich was suddenly. Second most notably is that Barney realizes that Alpheus Doge is there, a sweet old man who basically gets trampled by Muriel the Hutt. 
I've determined that Muriel is in the same species as Java the Hutt, also recognizing that these two worlds coexist. Who hears Rita Skeeter's name and starts going on about how fucked up the Dumble family was. From Kendra, mom, abused Ariana Grande, and how Ariana Grande killed Kendra. And how about Ariana's <laughs> forthcoming funeral, Aberforth broke Alvis's nose. Alpheus, in general, denied a lot of this hearsay. However, it seems as though there may be bits of truth throughout both of their perspectives. We also learn that the Dumbles also lived in Godric's Hollow, right next to Bethilda Vadshot, who, during this entire scene, I was picturing being Muriel the Hutt's long-lost twin sister. Oh, and we get a wizard text from Kingsley saying, Bill Nye the Science Guys did. Ariana Grande <laughs> killed Kendra! What a controversial thing to say out of context on a podcast. <laughs> right. Well, well, Harry's cousin Barney. There's like a lot of initial little details. I think it's very cute how they were like, let make sure we get the a red muggle hair so that people right. really feeling belongs to this family. The band is also smoking something. There's a strange smoke coming from the direction. Yeah. Oh, uh, I like that they're all just like waiting there, and like George is like, oh, look at these cute girls, and Fred's like, haha. I'm going to hang out with them. You got all the old ladies. Like they do. It's just great. Yeah, I guess. Why can't he split up the girls? Or the because old ladies? he's Fred and he do what he wants. And all these ladies are going to fuck him at this wedding out in the open? I mean, he might. He, he That is very inappropriate. Yeah. At um, brother's wedding. Because we don't get a lot of, like, this is the only Fred the, George time we get. Yes, and it's still lighthearted it's for still now. It's them. Like, like him, him calling George your holiness. But then also you get the heart crushing. When I get married, said Fred. I was gonna, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I have that in here too. So that's never gonna happen. Um, also, Percy is not here. Percy's not here. Because he sucks. Yeah, quite often. And then also this reemergence of Tonks and Lupin from the last chapter. Right. That's what it really is. It's all these guests are coming to the wedding and so we're kind of catching up with everybody right we get to see them all again before yes because we don't see tonks again either until the big battle Until the battle like we'll see lupin but we won't see tonks see that's very interesting and i i literally just realized that right now yeah and i'm like really sad about it yeah because like we're obviously still very very early in the book but like when we look at some of these characters that are beloved and large enough but not necessarily in this book like we're coming to the end of their trajectory yeah there's there are people here that we won't see again or the next time we see them they die yes i mean we'll see them again because they are yes we'll just read the book again yes and we're we'll like also... oh i like this book this person is alive uh, too. yes i forgot that they were alive before um also uh, what we're going to do is just create different canons for all of them. Yeah. Um, you know, like Hedwig being in France and stuff, which is totally true. And that's canon. That made up. No, yeah. Uh, now, Moody, he definitely fell to his death. Yeah. That's that's the kind of death Moody wanted, though. Like, he definitely would hate going out, like, you know. COVID? Yeah. He, <laughs> yeah like, how pissed would he have been? He'd be like, I wanted to go out like a warrior, you fucking virus. God damn it, people wear masks. So that's what it is. It's kind of like a reminder of like, oh, this person is here. This person is here. Um, kind of noting that Percy is not here, just like in case you forgot, he's still like the estranged <laughs> In case one. you forgot. The <laughs> whole thing of like, sorry we had to like 
disappeared from your party so much. They're still crackalacking on the werewolves. What about Fenrir? Are they cracking down on him, too? I mean, I'm like, sure they just can't get to him, because he's fucking crazy. I suppose. It, it's, when I read that, I couldn't help but read it with a little bit of an eye roll. Even though I think that we have at least determined, to some degree, Stanchion Pike is a bad guy already, it's one of those things of, like... Are they just doing it for face value, stuff like that? Because this other motherfucker's out here causing damage, but they're basically blanketing, mm. like, if you're a werewolf, you're an asshole. Not all werewolves are assholes. Right? But just a werewolf like, can be an asshole. Just like Ravenclaws. Yes. Catch us on Patreon next time when we do uh, all <laughs> werewolves that are not assholes in the series. <laughs> It will be a very short episode in which we talk about Lupin. It, yeah, it'll be 30 seconds. So, but like, Lupin. When, when, when that comes to mind, werewolves doing that assholes, who do you think of? Lupin. Outro music. <laughs> Other characters that we meet here or re meet are the Love Goods, of course. Luna oh, and then, yes. Um, Xenophilius. Twitter, as we call it. That's fucking hysterical. Yeah, because. We don't need to get into it. It's just like nope, how, everyone what kind of knows like what you're talking. Strange dystopian thing is happening over there. It's just ridiculous. At first, I really like the vibe. You know, it's the vibe that we come to expect. She gets bit by some gnome. They're like, "Oh, it's okay. We don't need to apply any medication. It's very helpful." So the nargles and the mifflers and the wiggledy biggledies and the all the crumpleboard med- snorkax. Yes. All of those. The Huffle Snork ass fucker, <laughs> etc. He was wearing, like, a sun. They wear sun colors for good luck. Yes. Which is kind of lovely. It's also witchy music. <laughs> the sun is, like, one of the best cards that you can pull in tarot. It's Ooh, like, okay. Celebration and love and... Oh, then I really that. So that's kind of tied back in. So I'm trying to not rip your blanket with my ass. Well, it's either that or I rip your ass with my blanket. (laughs) So pick one. Don't even understand what that means. I don't know. So at first, I'm like, great, immaculate vibes. But then later, once we get into this conversation with Victor, yet another one of the guests that we see that I was like, unlovely That Ron was like, what the fuck are you doing here? I don't know, I was a Triwizard champion and like someone. Famous Quidditch player? Like, I don't know. Also, Fleur invited me. I'm like, Crumb did not flaunt himself enough. You're a big fucking deal. Even if he is a big fucking deal, if he wants to be subtle like Tara, apparently, <laughs> be subtle. It's fine. If you just want to come and, like, celebrate your friends and then sneak out Check out bit. Hermione and Ginny, you know, like mm-hmm. you do. Especially when there's no boyfriend to look after you because he's a little red-headed boy. Right. Who was having a very strange conversation with you. Right. He was like, the fuck do you know who made my wand? What the hell? Who are oh, you? Oh, I'm such a big fan. Red-headed child. Yes. I mean, it's kind of cool that, like, Crumb is here, but also plays this kind of integral way to kind of move the story forward. This and is the last time we see Crumb, too. Oh, well, this is in a He's better from Bulgaria. He goes back home to fucking Bulgaria, and he's like, there's, like, a wizarding war, and he's like, mm. Not nah, I'm Bulgarian. <laughs> it was like, I was, we lost our crazy guy. Yeah, you remember that Grindelwald motherfucker? He wasn't yeah. a big deal here in UK. Have fun with Voldy. Right. That guy was everywhere. But he dead now. You don't have to worry about him. Yeah. They keep referring, obviously, to Xenophilius and the eye that he is wearing. And yes. I didn't really put two and two together that that eye symbol 
is actually the Deathly Hallows. Um, I don't think it looks like an eye. I mean, obviously the book was written before the design was made, but it is definitely described the way that the symbol looks, which my instinct would not be like it's an eye, but I guess it doesn't not look like an eye. Yeah, I mean, if that design wasn't thought of, what do you think that Pork Chops had come up with in her mind of what the eye symbol is supposed to be? I, I think that that's what it is. Really? I really do. Because, I mean, otherwise it's got to be a triangle, the circle. Yeah, like, I, don't, I, I can't imagine what else it would look like. And now, I am not a graphic designer of any fucking kind, so perhaps I am wrong. But I just could not imagine what else it would look like. Yeah, I guess that's true. So the whole eye thing, I mean, I guess it's Harry's first time seeing it. He looked at it as an eye, but... Again, like, I don't think it doesn't look like an eye, but I don't think it looks like an eye either. I guess if someone were to be like, I don't know, a weird triangle eye thing. Yeah. That sounds about okay. I bring this up because when the movie happened, and we'll get more into the movie, one downside being that Crumb is not there. Right. We always want to see him. Yes. Harry notices the symbol around his neck and is just more like, oh, what is that? The fact that Grigorovit, not Grigor, I'm going to do that this entire time. We had H names out the fucking Fanny up until this point. Out the fucking Fanny. <laughs> the fucking Fanny. <laughs> Harry, Hermione, Hagrid, Hedwig. But now we got all the G names. Grigorovich, Grindelwald. Gary. <laughs> yeah, Gary the Snail is in this book. Uh, <laughs> yep. Gary is Edwig's replacement. Harry was like, my, I went off to live the French life. Let me go to the magical pet store. And there he was, this very cracked out looking snail that he brought home <laughs> that would not stop meowing. So now we know that Star Wars, Harry Potter, and SpongeBob are all in the same universe. They're all in okay. the same universe. Okay, back to Grindelwald. He was at Ilvermorny. This is also giving me, like, all the fuel I need to have, like, an, not Ilvermorny, Durmstrang. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is giving me all the inspiration I need to be able to see, like, a spinoff of, like, what Durmstrang is like. Yeah. What we don't need is the Harry Potter series again. Yeah. What we do need, anything else. Yes. We want to see these other wizarding schools. Any new information. We have. We already have that canon. It's right here in this fucking book. Yeah, it's right here in this podcast. In the podcast. If you want to know everything that happens actually in this book, listen to this podcast. Exactly. So, anyway, good on you all listeners, because You know where it's it. at. You so, know what to look for. I find it just strange, knowing what the Deathly Hallows symbol is, and what it means and stuff, that Grindelwald would be using it as his own symbol. Do you have any... That will come to head a little bit more as Hermione uncovers the Three Brothers thing, and then of course it will all be explained in the... The fucking prince's tale. The prince's tale is where we learn everything. Uh, Or the one where Harry and Dumbledore talk when Harry dies. Is that the name of the chapter? Yeah. The one where Harry and Dumbledore talk. The one where Harry and Dumbledore talk because Harry is dead. At the train station, yes. (laughs) With little baby. Cocaine baby. Yes, the most cocaine baby that you've ever seen. That is one of the purposes of behinding, behinding, behinding. Of having... What is behinding? Behinding is when I get behind you and pull handkerchiefs from somewhere on your body. Oh my god. (laughs) So that's one of the reasons why Crumb is here. One of the other reasons then is, of course, like you said, where he's like, we're garbage! And 
Gram is like, what is wrong with you, you <laughs> stupid little redhead boy? Like, I was not aware that I told people what, who made my who wand. Who made my wand? Oh, I can just tell from the beautiful craftsmanship and a big fan. <laughs> right. But also, I love that, that he kind of, like, uses this as that moment to kind of, like, take him back to just, where he previously heard like, the name. Why was I thinking dream. of Quidditch? There it is. Yes. Like, it, you follow all of it. And I remember the first time... You read it? I read this, being like, I don't know what that is, either. Gorgovich, yeah. And so when they have the conversation, and Ron's like, are you sure not thinking of Gorgovich? Yeah. And he's like, a terrible Quidditch player or something. It would be really cool to be able to reread a thing and, like, have forgotten all of it. Yeah, well, and to a degree, that's kind of how I feel with some of this. And we're doing that, too. You know, like we said in one of the previous episodes, tying back that name to where when it was seen during Wing of the Wands. And then before we get to the wedding, one other character that I think is very important to bring up, and that is Muriel the Hutt. I just wrote down she's a bitch. She's a bitch. Can we just go back a tiny bit and talk about how Luna knows exactly who the fuck Harry is? Oh, yes, from his expression. Oh, she's a... Fucking yeah, legend. I can tell that you have that resting, overthinking face. Harry. Right? Yes, that was lovely too. I mean, we always say that like Trelawney and Luna are kind of Ravenclaws that are a little bit more loopy and focus more on their intuition and stuff. But right there, I think, is a great example of that, you know? Oh, yeah. Basically, it's time for the wedding. It talks about how Fleur was so beautiful that it made everybody else beautiful around her. I loved that. That is such a beautiful thing to say about someone when they're getting married. I fucking love it. Right, instead of just being like, she's glowing. I mean, sure, because I I understand that traditionally people are like, oh, it's it's the bride's day and she's the star of the show. But like, isn't it better when the whole room is just together? That is what it is. It's just such a one person focused thing when you say that on somebody's wedding day. That's exactly it. Why can't everybody hear and celebrate it the same way? It's also the groom's day just as much as it is the bride's day. And honestly, it's the parents of the bride and groom's day. So like, when you look at it like that and see it as being this one big connected thing, it's so much more beautiful. Because if it's not about everyone else who's there, then why are they not just eloping? Right, exactly. And here's the thing. I want to make it clear. I think there's nothing wrong with eloping. I think that it is still absolutely about the bride and groom. But the choice to include other people in the special day means that that's important too. Like, if it was really just about how fucking good the bride looked, then the rest of the... Take a picture. Yeah. And also no one would dress up for the wedding. I mean, yes, I guess it's your whole special day, but it just seems so, like, self-absorbed if it's just your special day. It's a very egocentric perspective. And so... I mean, who doesn't love to be the center of attention from time to time, but, like, having everyone have their attention on you... On something that is like, this is your life. This is the rest of your life. It's not the same as I won a scholarship and this is like scholarship day and everyone's looking at all the winners who are on stage. It's not about the people in the audience. It's about them that's on stage winning these scholarships. Those people, I don't know Billy's grandmother well, who's in the audience. Yeah, but I, I think this it, is At different. my wedding, I know the people there. They are there for me. And I have invited them because they're important. And it's important to me to share this yeah, yeah, moment yeah, yeah. with them. And yeah. I think that's really what it is. And I just, I really loved that it wasn't about how gorgeous Fleur is. Because we've been hearing about that since book four. There's a few other little, like, nice little details here. Oh, yeah. The champagne bottles are floating around. There's some other things, too. That I want I that like, at a wedding. Just floating champagne bottles. Yes, seriously. The movie tries something and does not have the same impact. No. But again, we'll get there. The colors I know were white, purple, and gold. Beyond that, I don't really remember too much else. But there was something else. Do you remember what that was? 
I'm just thinking of the movie now, so that's not helpful. Well, they do also talk about when they finish the vows, how they do like the silver stars. Oh, yes. yeah. Yeah. You know he, he waves the wand high over the heads of Bill and Fleur in the shower. The silver stars fell upon them, spiraling around their now intertwined figures. As Fred and George led a round of applause, the golden balloons overhead burst. That's Birds of paradise and tiny golden bells flew and floated out of them, adding their songs and chimes to the din. I'm assuming that there's some symbolism to bells and birds of paradise. I did not look it up, but that feels uh, specific. I don't know. That feels very weddingy. Well, and then the way that the space transforms from a wedding into the reception space, which I think was also very cool. The way yeah. it, like, looked over the orchard and everything. So, wedding itself, very, very cool. And yes. then we get into these conversations. One we already talked about, which was, of course, Crumb yes. and Barney. Oh, one other thing that I forgot to say, too, because... Saying Barney made me think of it. They bring up the billiest thing in this chapter. Yes. That we talked about in my impromptu question yes. to you in one of the previous episodes. So the other conversation, of course, is Elvius Doge and Muriel. And of course, it starts off with Barney approaching him and being like, hey, it's me, Harry. And talking about what a beautiful obituary that you wrote and everything. Elvius says something about Rita Skeeter. And that, of course, catches the ear of fucking of, Aunt Muriel. Of Adam's new favorite person. He's like, I do not he's like, like can Muriel. we get this bitch out of here now? Get this bitch out of here right now. Because she's drinking and she's being very, you know, gossipy and stuff. Oh, yeah. Some of this information, obviously, is very useful for Harry. The other thing that I feel like about this particular chapter is it's kind of setting up the different pit stops they're going to make along the way. And the yeah. different, like, things that we need to wrap up. Which is, of course, the, the Deathly Hollows, of course the Horcrux hunting, which we've already seen in previous chapters. And then this whole thing with him feeling like he needs to go to Godric's Hollow. So now he has even more to learn about. Mm -hmm. So really, the other big storyline here is like the truth behind Elvis Dumbledore. I mean, they have been really, really setting that up, and this really cements that. Yeah. Muriel is talking about how Ariana Grande killed Kendra. Kendra deserved it because Kendra had Ariana Grande trapped in a basement. Which is pretty rude. Which is something that the trio is going to be familiar with for very soon. Along oh. <laughs> with Luna and fucking Ollivander and Griphook. But Ollivander and Griphook are fucking in that basement. We already talked about that in a previous episode. Yeah. So even at Ariana's funeral... Aberforth punched Albus in the face. I kind of have to speak slowly because all these names are fucking weird. Right, all these A uh, names. Yes. And how they kind of like blamed Albus for Ariana's death. And it's very like surface level drama, you know, which is obviously Muriel's thing. And she loves her drama. This whole thing behind Elphia saying, oh no, it's a misunderstanding. There's this like push and pull between Elphius and Muriel because... All Elpheus is saying is like, oh, it's a misunderstanding. They did their best they could, blah, 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 blah. And Mira's like, no, 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 here's the truth. No, no, I know all kinds of shit. Here's the tea. You can tell that there's a little bit of both of them aren't really telling the entire truth. Honestly, what I was going to write for this time is it's my parents telling me about an argument both of them had. And them only telling like half the story. <laughs> It's not even that they're t each telling half the story. Alpheus is absolutely skating over things. But, like, this is the man's obituary. Let me back up. It's not half the story. It's that both of them are, like, either hiding or embellishing details. Like, yeah. it's not the yes. true story on Yeah, he side. is, like, I feel like he's leaving out things because, again, it's his fucking obituary. And she is like, how can I stir more shit? Let's do this. Yeah. 
And, I mean, you can tell Muriel is getting a little bit of joy about it, because she's just oh, that kind of bitch. Oh, she loves this shit. Can we also just back up? Because all I really said about Muriel is that she's a bitch. But even just things about, like, oh, you could do with a haircut. Oh, that dress looks too blah, blah, oh, blah yeah. on you. All of that kind of stuff. Muriel is just making me think of my family, apparently. Because I, that makes me think of stuff that my grandparents, well, my grandmother in particular, would say about all of us all the time. Like, make these little nitpicks. You're not the one who gets to determine, like, what is right and what's wrong, old crusty lady. Muriel is my grandmother. You have a grandma Muriel? No. But I She's have a grandma like Marilyn, you. and that is, yeah, she, this She's is just her. like my grandma Helen. 100% her. She loved to have opinions on everything that are correct. Obviously, her opinions are the thing that yes. is correct. No one knows more than her. She is the smartest person in the room. My grandma Helen is very similar even these days, except she does it under this like veil of innocence. And I don't think there's any innocence with this. Oh case. no, my grandmother absolutely is the first fucking person to tell you. She's like, I'm just gonna tell you how it fucking is. And in reality, it's not what it fucking is. It's what she thinks yep. it fucking is. Yeah. 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 This woman is my grandmother. So do you have a positive or negative reaction? Oh, I do not like it, Muriel. Yeah. Because, I mean, the first time I read this, which was literally the day it came out, because, of course, I did, I was like, this is my grandmother. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This was 2007. My grandmother hasn't changed. I read, obviously, this book a little bit later on. I don't even know if I would have, like, noticed that... I mean, things have changed a lot since I first read this yeah. book in many different ways. But I don't know if I would have made that connection. Because I think that there's this juicy quality to her, too, where she's, like, really, really enjoying saying these things. And Oh, my God, she's having the time of her life. The other big thing that she talks about is basically how, oh, well, Bethilda Bagshot may have been one of Rita's sources. And this is how you kind of know that there's something not quite right with what she's saying. Because it's something along the lines of, oh, Bethilda Bagshot knew the Dumbledores. They lived together in Godric's Hollow. Mm -hmm. Thus the whole connection back to what Harry was thinking. They were really good friends, but now in her older years, she's a little bit batty. And so she would give Rita Skeeter all of this information that is kind of negative. She kind of like catches herself in a lie. And there's actually a moment where Alpheus kind of does it too. I can't remember what it is, because most of it is really Elfie is just being like, lies, lies, that kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. Well, it's mostly, yeah, he just, like, pushes back. I think she's spilled the beans to Rita Skeeter, all those hints about an important source. Goodness knows she was there through all the Ariana business, and it would fit. And then Doge just kind of being like, he would, she would never tell them, and that she was friends with Dumbledore. If she is actually gone around the bend, it's even more shitty that... Rita would take advantage of her. Yes. It's that. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it, Harry learns about Godric's Hollow. I'm sure he still hasn't uh, tied it back to being where a Godric Gryffindor was. I don't think he does that yet. He's going to need, like, another half a school year to figure something yeah. out. One other thing that I want to bring up here, too, is there's also a little exchange where it's, like, choosing what to believe. Yeah. And how, like, you can't choose... You can't just say apples are red and say, well, I choose to believe that they are blue or whatever. You know what I mean? There's something to be said about you either believe something or you don't believe something. It's not that you choose to believe it. And I feel like that is very much something that we see 
kind of these days of like, oh, well, I don't believe in whatever. And it's like, well, you can't not choose to believe in that. It obviously exists. You know what I mean? We see that with things like trans rights or whatever. I don't believe in this. Okay, well, it still happens and it's still a reality. And so regardless of what you think about it, you still have to believe in it. You know what I mean? I think one of the reasons why we don't like her is because she's just so like people that we don't like. Part of it is because, like, let's look at what her actions are and what they have in common with people. It's just, like, the blatant judgment of people. It's like, who are you to say something about their person is off? Like, that's their person. Like, let them be their person, that kind of thing. Or at one point she says, back in my day, which I think is the biggest bullshit thing. Ugh, hate it. Like, when you're using it to try to make it seem like things are better back then... I recently saw a TikTok that was like, just remember, like, we are still in the best incarnation of humanity as a whole. Like, when you focus on what is happening these days and, like, some of the change and stuff, you still have to think about, like, how far we've come as a civilization and things. And, like, sometimes living in the moment while it's the right thing to do can be painful and stuff. So just because, you know, the standards back in the day are something that you align with better does not mean that... (laughs) <laughs> the today's standards are worse. Right. The culture of what life was like back in the day was suitable for that. But, like, things have changed now, and this is not your day anymore. So, like, let the people whose day it is determine what is appropriate. Right. That. And, again, like, if you are going to choose to not live harmoniously with the person who wants to live their life differently than you, like, whose fault is that? That's yours. Not yes. them for being different. Fuck off. Yeah, yeah. So... Fuck you, Muriel. We don't like you. <laughs> so, yeah, so Harry is sitting there doing some contemplating about, I wonder why Dumbledore didn't tell me all this shit. I thought it was his favorite boy. I thought it was his favorite. And then Hermione's like, hey, what's up? And then... I'm drunk. I Here, hold my shoes. Right? And then, I'm gonna go throw up in the bathroom. <laughs> and then suddenly there is a Patronus. And suddenly everybody gets a text message and it says, there's a tornado watch <laughs> in your area, even <laughs> though there was nothing in the local weather. We all had a storm the other day. That was, <laughs> was like, hi, uh, there's a tornado warning, it's let's like, go. Oh, is it bedtime? I think the fuck not, bitch. <laughs> Everyone's like, oh shit. So, obviously, there's a little tiny bit of wedding chaos at the beginning of the next chapter. Honestly, when I was reading this chapter, I expected it to be wedding, big battle. Because that is how I remember it. Isn't that weird? Like, I do not remember these conversations. I do not remember it being as stretched out. Truly, this is, like, the last chapter we have before it's time to go camping. No, we have a couple more chapters before camping. Yeah, but it's still like, you know, we're out in the world now trying to figure our shit out. Literally, the line, the ministry has fallen, Scrimgower is dead, they are coming, is like, here's the anxiety. It's action time. Like the whole... That's what it is. You're just like, tense. It's like, okay, well, we're here now, time for the next thing to happen, whatever that is. So what is the next thing that happens? A game. Am I boring you? No, my... I worked last night, so... She works every night, if you know what I'm saying. She's a lady of the night. If I were sexy enough to be a lady of the night, then I wouldn't have to work as much as I do. I'm sure there's a market for it. I want a sexy potato lady. (laughs) I don't. I'm just saying there's someone out there who would say that. Okay, we're going to play Wrong Answers Only. (laughs) 
I, I love it. One of my favorites. <laughs> I thought you were going to say hide and seek. Why haven't we done that as a game? <laughs> All right, we're going to play hide and seek. <laughs> you just listen to us play hide and seek. And there's just like 10 minutes of like hearing us <laughs> yeah, figure out the house, the background. The like, oh, I can't find you, Adam. <laughs> Today we're playing Twister. <laughs> <laughs> All right, wrong answers only. I right, see this is a warm up for me. This is also, I've never done wrong answers only. You've always done No, them. you've done it once or twice. I think you have. I don't think I have. Because I remember being like, yes. Because it's I'm something that I didn't come up with. Yeah. Okay. What did the Love Goods get Fleur and Bill as a wedding gift? They got them probably a bunch of herbs. Like spice rack. Is it was spice rack. Like you can use spice rack from the kitchen, but all of the little bottles are filled with illicit drugs. <laughs> Foraged yeah. by themselves, probably. Yeah. So that's one of their gifts. Their other one was a bunch of wine goblets made from Crunkle Horde snorkick things. Snorkings? Crumple snorkick. They're just, just made from bones. Bones. They're bones. Know. And they're like, what the fuck are these? <laughs> they look like sculptures. <laughs> what really happened to Anne Muriel's late husband? Oh, she ate him for <laughs> sure. There was one time where, because you know he was like this little frail man. She was like, coming, she's like, I'm going to watch my stories. And sat her big fast upon him and he never rose again. So I never thought of Auntie Muriel as fat until you started calling her Muriel why. the Hut. Because I again, I, because I think of my fucking 90 pound, four foot 10 grandma who is rude as fuck. <laughs> I don't know why. I just have this picture of her that she is just this presence. <laughs> presence. This presence that I'm smells just... like skin rubbing together. Oh my God. We know like her. That is 100% what happened to him. Yes. <laughs> so what did Fleur do for her bachelorette party? Oh my God. She was like, I am from France. So I am very artistic. We are going to go to those wine and, those wine and painting things. <laughs> So they did that, but someone fucking invited a stripper in. It was a stripper that cosplayed as Gilderoy Lockhart, and she was like, what is this? <laughs> <laughs> what is this my ugly man? Yeah. And Hermione was like, fuck. Didn't go as well as I thought. <laughs> Hermione would be garbage at planning a bachelorette party. Oh, she definitely would. I love her so much. She would be like, what are these candy necklaces that look like just candy necklaces? I wanted the candy necklace that look like a penis. <laughs> Who is Featuring the worst French accent ever. <laughs> no, it could have been my French accent. That's the worst French accent ever. Her French accent was like, hi y'all, how you doing? Hi y'all. Hi, I'm Cho Chang. Bitch, <laughs> I'm Cho Chang. <laughs> I think that's the best thing from the entire thing. I'm going to say it right now. I know I wasn't I mean, present for that episode. That and fucking Draco rolling around the fucking uh, yes, stage. Yes, and the entire portrayal of Draco. <laughs> Who was at this fucking bachelorette party? Like, her mom and her sister? Her mom, Gabrielle, Hermione, and Jenny. And Jenny got wasted. Uh, Jenny totally got wasted. <laughs> she drank many wines and still had the best thing. <laughs> and Hermione was really salty about it. Uh, right? Because Hermione. Yeah. Hermione Her, had like Hermione's hair a half looks... a glass of wine. Yes. Hermione is a fucking lightweight. And her hair and stuff as she's painting was the same condition as it was during that potions class where Harry yes. made the draw of living death. She's just like twitching a little bit as she's trying, she's trying to paint this. And Jenny's like, I got this on lock. I would drink with Jenny. 
See, you already know all the answers. I, I know I all the answers. Place. I'm the one who knows the answers. <laughs> Next. What are Bill and Fleur doing for their honeymoon? Fucking. <laughs> you established that in the last episode. <laughs> they, they fuck so much. There's no way they don't. There's no way that they don't. Are you to asking me what destination they go to? I just asked what they're doing for their honeymoon. They're taking Vegas by storm, baby. They should absolutely go to Vegas. Absolutely. Right? We should all go to Vegas. Let's go now. I've never been. The next one. What song did they dance to first? I don't know why my brain is doing this, but for some reason, because it's got to be something awful in the real world. So for some reason, my mind is Friday by Rebecca Black. (laughs) Something of that quality. (laughs) Another one that I think would be perfect is Forever Young. Something like that. That just, like, you hear it and you see two people dance to it and you're like, this is bad. (laughs) See, my brain went directly to I'm Too Sexy and it's just Fleur dancing by herself. Something like that. Because she's too sexy for everyone. That's a good song for both of them. That's, like, such a good song for Bill. That's what I'm talking about. It has to be really absurd. Here's the last one. Okay. What was Harry's original disguise going to be before they settled on Barney Weasley? He was going to be the ghost of Bilius. <laughs> he was actually just going to be transfigured into, like, a couch in memory of... A, a slughorn? A slughorn. Who's not dead, Who's but not still dead. in memory of him. What Natalie called Captain Couch. Captain Couch, Couch Boy. He was really just going to be a piece of furniture because they were like, well, you're a fucking idiot, so you'll probably give yourself away, so we might as well turn you into something that will not ruin it. You know what actually would have been a better wrong answer, I think, is Percy. Turn him into fucking Percy. Oh my god, that's what they should have done. They would have expected him there. Right? Um, Harry can suck some dicks and nobody would blink an eye. Harry would be like, all right. Okay, cool. Who got some dicks in his I'm of age. <laughs> Give me dumb dicks. The movie did way better than I had remembered. I have Um, feelings about the movie. I still have feelings about it, but the fact that we even get a scene with Elpheus and Muriel? I was shocked. I like that. The actress who plays... Muriel is way too put together. I want her to be yes. more of a mess. Elpheus is kind of perfect, I think. He's kind of perfect in the book. And this has to do with Muriel being a lot more, like, cartoony. There feels like more of a push and a pull between Elpheus and Muriel. Mm-hmm. You don't really get that. Elpheus just, like, kind of, like, frowning over his fire whiskey. But Muriel, like you said, she's way more put together. Yes, she mentions the Rita Skeeter stuff. It's a little bit more informative. It's not as, like, gossipy feeling to me. So I even had said Aunt Muriel has the Bill Nye Science Guy version in the movie where we don't hate them nearly as much as we do in the movie. Absolutely. So that part I don't hate other than the fact that like I just feel like it's weird that Harry isn't in disguise but at the same oh, time Oh that too. That's the biggest issue I'm like I'm like okay. Like why is Harry just chilling? What I will say that I don't like because it's cool to see Luna and her dad. They're cute. That's fine. The way that they did that it was perfect enough. They kept enough stuff from the book. Crumb is not in there. That and is Madame the Maxime is. Which is great. Yes, Madame Maxime yes. should have been there anyway. But the fact that she's not in the scene. But also neither is Crumb. I understand that you can get whatever you needed out of the scene that Crumb gave us in the book. 
without putting him in the movie, but... Is Madame Maxine... I mean, I'm sure she's here during the, the battle at the end. I don't think she is. Why would she come back from Paris? Well, then why France? did they have the actress in there for just one small they, non-speaking I don't scene? Know. I mean, they have actors for... That's why I'm shocked, is that they had a... We were even like, oh my <clears> God, who's going to play Muriel? Because obviously she's not in the movie. Bring fucking Pam Ferris back, who played Marge. <laughs> And then we're like, never mind, there is Muriel in the movie. We'd totally both forgotten about that. Sometimes it's nice to get the explanation the way that Porkchop intended. Yes. Even when it might take three or four seconds longer than whatever the fuck you're choosing to do in the movie. Because it still tells the story correctly and it really doesn't add any time. Yeah, I, just, I think so too. I mean, if you had been able to get the scene of Crumb explaining... Because here's the thing, it's not just Crumb explaining. We talked about it when we were talking about the chapter. It's not just him explaining what the fuck is that goddamn sign, but also the whole thing with the wand. Even if we don't get... Because we don't in the movie, we don't get the full explanation about Grigorovich. It wouldn't hurt the movie for us to understand what Voldemort is up to going after wand makers. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, especially, oh, what's a good example? Let's even make it the most obvious one that we always talk about. Giving away the whole thing with Barty Crouch Jr. in the fourth Mm -hmm. book. Build it in somehow. (laughs) Right. Instead of like changing it and making it worse, there could have been a more artistic way to like stay true to the reality even if the crumb actor was like i'm not free or whatever for this project i think crumb not being there and then harry being out of disguise are definitely the two biggest things it's a little weird we were talking about when we watched it though fleur and bill look amazing uh-huh i love her dress her dress is really amazing he definitely does not look like a werewolf attacked him but he looks super handsome and it's his wedding so fuck uh. off Oh, instead of champagne bottles that are floating, they just have glasses that automatically fill up, which, as something that I would like to have in my kitchen, yes, but for, like, special effects in the movie, it did not pack the punch that I was hoping. Yeah, I get what you're saying. And truthfully, the book gets into a little bit, like we talked about, every time we see something new in the series, again, something else that they cut out, like St. Mungo's. There's something extra special and magical about it. Yeah. And I feel like the wedding missed a little bit of that. Which is really too bad because we're about to just go back to places that we've already been. Yeah. And obviously we've been here before, but this is the only wedding we ever see. Yeah. That is disappointing. Although I will say, I didn't mention this in the book, but the only like little like minister guy that they have... Does both Dumbledore's wedding and the... Dumbledore's wedding, yeah. Remember that? When he got married to... Um, Filch. <laughs> and then he died. And then he died. He actually, that's what the T is. He actually threw himself from the astronomy tower. Because he's like, can't take it anymore. <laughs> they did that for some sort of, like, insurance thing. Yeah. <laughs> Dumbledore's funeral and this wedding have the same minister. That's true, yes. There ain't none. There are two jobs in the magical world. And one minister. Horror professor. <laughs> yeah. One this band. is the real minister of magic. Right. All the other ones are fake. Or, in this case, dead. Plus 25 to Fleur and Bill because they're wedding. Yay, wedding. And for the same reason, Mr. and Mrs. Weasley and Madame and Monsieur Delacour also get 20 points. And so does Victor Crumb. Because <laughs> it's Victor Crumb. His whole mechanism in the plot really helps move things forward. Mm-hmm. Plus 10 for, to Alpheus Doge and to Luna. Both two characters that we love, and it was nice to see him in the movie, you know, even though I think we realized that maybe he was hiding something, perhaps. 
We still like Alpheus. Negative five to Xenophilius. Even though I liked the vibes, the fact that Crumb was like, there's something off about that guy, I was like, yeah, I agree. And so I took five away because, I mean, I want to learn more. Who knows? Maybe I'll take them away. I guess it would be give those points back. <laughs> I don't think you will. Really? I don't think I will either. But next like, time you see him, he's going to fuck things up more. So, yeah. so th- there's just something like shifty about him at this point. There's a, not a lot of new characters that we encounter that we can call shifty because either they're good or bad at this point. And so Xenophilius is the shifty one for this book. And negative 30 to Muriel because she is uncomfortable. And then zero points to Scrimmager. And I say that only because usually I give people points when they die, but not him. Next time, if you're keeping count, is our 200th episode. It's wild, man. So this is episode 199, which is also crazy. Ridiculous, honestly. So what are we doing next episode? Uh, I guess you'll find out when you'll we find do out, it. bitches. We have plans, but we're not going to reveal them yet. But we <laughs> will have many guests that you are familiar with. All your favorites, probably your least favorite as well. That's me, right? Yep. <laughs> and it should be fun. This will probably be one of the longest episodes that we've had based on what we're planning. It's crazy because Adam hates long episodes yes but i might not have to do a lot of editing by the nature of this episode so oh a little hint so we'll see you for our big 200th episode celebration next time bye friends basic snitches is recorded and produced by adam bowers and tara corkery thanks so much for listening be sure to rate us five stars on your listening app of choice and share us with all your other friends who love harry potter and getting drunk yes join our social media pages facebook instagram i never update twitter but we have that we do also email basic snitches at gmail.com we also now have a website basic snitches.com and a patreon patreon.com slash basic snitches join today and get exclusive content every week and be acknowledged in every single one of our episodes taran telegra dance bitch i see you new friends who don't make me dance for nothing yeah they ain't gonna come honey we out